Good afternoon, everybody. Hope all is doing well with this stay at home process and that we are uh, conducting safe activities, even when we have to go to the grocery store, even when we have to reach out and um, pay for our uh, our goods when we're in the store. But I want to also talk about what's next. How do we rebound from a situation that has totally ripped our economy apart? And also at times uh, disrupted family activities. Uh, I know we all are missing our grandchildren, our, our friends, and other other family members that we are close to. But we have to be, be, be smart about this. And despite what uh, our, our federal government might say or or governors might say, you have to be safe because um, even though we see a lot of destruction and despair in state by state, some politicians don't really care about you personally. They don't. And it's a harsh reality that that's it, that is how it is. We've been discussing the the how this coronavirus has taken on uh to to uh destroy a lot of our African American communities. Because of healthcare, let's 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 call it what it is. Regardless of what you 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 do, if you're living in a dip, uh, poverty-stricken or 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 underserved, underlying area, you're more likely to catch a cold and it kill you. You know, your diabetes can go awry and it kill you. So even though the coronavirus has taken on its own its own way of, of life, we still gonna be left with a population that is underserved through healthcare, through food nutrition, through uh, education. We're still going to have that community, and I and I said this earlier. Are we going to take a stimulus package out to take care of our homeless? Are we going to have a stimulus package to take care of our homeless vets, our homeless families? The other day, I watched a commercial about dealing with homelessness and it featured a young boy, African-American boy that 
in the context of everything, if you're homeless, where are you going to wash your hands? If you're a homeless young boy, where are you going? Where do you have the luxury of being indoors, taking a bath, taking a shower, going in the refrigerator, getting something to drink? That is a luxury that many of us have and so many of us don't. That commercial should have hit home with a lot of people because we had a lot of young people that were homeless and that were going to school every day and had friends and they had people that could reach out. They were there to get an education. But they no longer have that because they don't have a place to live. And I don't know what the states are doing about our homeless community, especially our homeless kids, in reference to getting them the same tier education as everybody else. I don't know. I know there is a mechanism in place, but is it enough? Is it enough to help those underserved kids? Is it enough to help the underserved families that are also homeless? A couple of weeks ago, I was headed back from the VA. And I saw this young man. He couldn't have been no more than 19 years old had a sign that he was hungry. And I was wondering, this young man probably either nowhere to go, nowhere to go. Sometimes you don't know what the situation might be. I didn't have any money on me at the time, but what I did was I stopped past the store so I can buy something. And then I went across it. Then I stayed in the car and I went across the street to hand him some money so he can have some lunch and perhaps maybe a little dinner later on. But at least give, give, gave him the hope that somebody cares. We can't just stop not caring. Homeless kids and homeless families, they need help. They need help. And I've never heard of a stimulus package for our homeless communities. Some 15 years ago, former mayor, now incarcerated, either she's incarcerated or she lost her job to, um, lost to, she had to resign. A Baltimore had it, came, talked about a 10-year plan of getting the homeless, either a 10-year or 20-year plan of getting the homeless off the street. I've never heard of a 10-year or 20-year plan of getting the homeless off the street working or being effective. 
All I see is that many of them just get pushed down to another location, to another street. We have to do more and we have to be more conscious about this once we go back to work, once we go back to some type of normalcy. I'm also asking my 1890s institutions to develop new ways that we can deal with this virus and deal with the separation and how we have to have different mechanisms so we can operate at our job. HBCUs as well. I know there are some brilliant minds out there that can come up with some technology and some things that we can do. That we can continue to work, but we continue to have some type of separation between the two of us. You know, touch pads now that clean themselves. You know, voice activators that move that dis disperse germs that's in the air. Just like the COVID-19 hospital beds where they compress the air and they keep everything in there and they and it's clean and the air is clean every time it's it's released. We need to find ways of doing that in, in many of our offices. Also, I always said, said, and I've said this some 25 years ago, 30 years ago, that a lot of jobs can be done from home. A lot of jobs can be done from home. Yeah, we can't, you know, um, grocery clerks and, you know, service jobs, you can, they can, you have to, have to man uh, man that up. But you can also have what you call the kiosks that will provide a way that you can buy what you need to buy and you don't have to deal with an individual all the time. But a lot of our public relations positions, a lot of our public affairs, any communications jobs can be done at home. And yes, you can fact you can factor in a one or two day meeting through Skype, through Zoom, through all of these technologies that we have, so we can get the job done. We need to work through travel when you're traveling now. Is that everything is done electronically? So your your ID, your passport, these things. Uh, 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 seen through the lens of a computer and that computer says yes you're clear to go that computer says that that is you we have to find ways of dealing with this and we have to be very objective about about it all even law firms now say that you know, you can just call it in. You can type it in. You can you can 
email it in. Social distancing is one thing for taking the right steps where we can have continue to have a healthy environment. But also collaborating with others is also a good thing as well. And we must be careful and must be mindful that we don't separate ourselves so much that we don't join together and we're not working as a cohesive unit in a society that strives on touch and strives on camaraderie. We have to do these things. And we have to understand that these things can make us a better world can give us better technology, can give us better ways to deal with one another. I've been podcasting. I've been writing. I've been reading. I've been staying busy by doing those things, but at times I need to go for a walk. I need to get an ex- I need to get out and exercise. Not so much the exercise, but the exercise in the air and allow that air to flow through me. We all have things that we have to do and we all can do them. But we have to do them in a way that that helps us not separate ourselves, but help us understand the value that we all need and they're dear to us. The value of camaraderie. The, the value of having somebody that you can reach out to and you can say hello to and you can have that have that uh love and compassion and, and friendship with. Sometimes it's not always good, you know, sometimes it's not the best thing just to call somebody. Sometimes you just want to see their faces. I tell my daughter that all the time. When I call, I say, I just want to hear your voice. I just want to hear the grandbaby's voices. I looked out and I saw pictures of another, of the other grandbabies. One that I call Chunk Chunk. They light you up and make and they make you feel whole. They make you want to continue to live and continue to do great things in your life. But we still can't, where we can't forget those that really need our compassion and really need our love and our understanding. And that's the homeless, these underserved and these homeless kids. We got to do better. We have to mark a place in history that we really turn around this homeless population, California, Baltimore, Atlanta, Washington, D.C. We really have to do something to turn around this tide. It's not only to get back to to humanity and in each other 
but we have to include the homeless population and the underserved population in this each other. Because there's so many ways we have it. Over the decades I've asked, with my nonprofit, I asked corporations to step in and help make it that we can support disenfranchised families and underserved families and, and homeless families, that we can support them in a way. Not only during Thanksgiving but Christmas and Christmas, but throughout the year. We just have to do better. We have to understand that there are mechanisms, there are, there are ways that we can do this, but we have to do it together. Billionaires and billionaires and millionaires all across this global have to do better with their disenfranchised communities. For, for centuries, I've seen commercials in Ethiopia where children are starving. They've been starving for, for centuries. And we haven't done nothing about it. The W, the WHO, World Health, Health Organization. When are we going to turn those tides around? When you got people in Haiti after the earthquake still, still living in squalor. Parents having to turn their children over to work for the rich. Ten-year-old children, girls and boys working for rich, working for the rich in Haiti. It's a slave market. Let's call it what it is. It's a slave market. Former Clinton raised all trillions of dollars for Haiti. Haiti didn't see none of that money. The Red Nose Campaign. Do we really know where all this money goes when we donate? When we continue to to empty our pockets for these courses. We can't go back to business as business as usual. These corporations and these billionaires and these CEOs that want some of this stimulus money, they're going to have to do better. Boeing is one that wants money from the government. And they've been messing up for 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 last 10 years, probably longer than that. Bank CEOs are paying outlandish, outlandish salaries to their executives. That needs a change. 
And I'm not saying that they're not deserving of it. But those corporations got to turn over some of that money to help these underserved, disenfranchised families. They have to do better. It was, it was just last month I had reached out to several of the corporations over a period of, not last month, actually back in October. Do we really know that David Taylor, CEO of Procter & Gamble, is doing all he can to take care of the underserved and disenfranchised population. Do we know of Johnson & Johnson, Alex Curtis, CEO, are they doing all they can to deal with the disenfranchised? Do we know Quincy, James Quincy, CEO, Coca-Cola? Is he doing all that he can to deal with disenfranchise? Do we know that Thomas J. Wilson, CEO of Allstate, is doing all he can as well? That's just a few of corporations. And we're not talking about, we have to also include banks, J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Regents. A lot of these banks, a lot of these financial institutions, they have businesses in underserved areas. They have structures they have more structures in underserved areas than you can shake a stick at. Regents Bank. What can they do more of? I do have the answers. I do have the answers. You know, even though when you reach out to these corporations, this is what they send you. Thank you for contacting, say, Coca-Cola Company. We're delightful that you would think of our company as a potential sponsor. We received many worthwhile requests for sponsorship like yours because it is impossible to respond positively to each one. Our practice is to assist those organizations that are not that are natural, national, or international scope. And then they go on to say, but we regret that we can't help you. Blah, 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 blah. Grassroots organization gets these letters all the time because I collect them from grassroots organizations that have reached out to corporations for help. We got to do better. 
when we turn this tide and the coronavirus is in a position that that it can change, that it, that we can get back to our businesses, to our nonprofits, to reaching out to our young ones. These corporations, our federal government, has to do better. And we have to do better. Because the only way we're going to survive in this world, if we all do better, if we all help one another, those that have the millions and the trillion dollars and the billion dollars have to do more to help one another. That's including our NFL, NBA, uh, American uh, baseball, the baseball leagues, professional leagues, all your professional sports. We have to do better. We have to do better. We have to be a model. to do better. So when something like this happens, again, we have mechanisms in place that are, that those that are so disenfranchised are not left out of a stimulus package. I thank you for listening. And I only hope that we can understand that if we do not work together, if we do not band as brothers and sisters, corporations, not small businesses, and large mega corporations, if our churches, if our community churches and our mega churches don't do better, then we will perish as a people. We understand this. We will perish as a people. As I always say, I love you all. I need, again, make comments. Not only view the, the podcast, but listen. Because we are in this together.